We're sitting with my good friend, internationally renowned television host, speaker, and spiritual teacher, aka the rock star shaman, Allison Charles. Mm. Welcome to Yay. Be My Neighbor. I'm so happy to be here with you, queens. We're so happy that you're here with us. This is big for us because really the reason why we wanted to sit down with you other than the fact that you are simply amazing, is because over the years you have really evolved from a champion athlete, a Division I coach, number one rated radio host, and a national daytime television host. I mean, it just goes on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but really to aligning yourself and calling uh, yourself a mystic and shamanic practitioner. Mm -hmm. And noted by Oprah Magazine as a top meditation and a top practice. So we're just elated to have you with us mm. today. And just even reading that off, just are so over the moon about just your credits and where you've come to. Well, go ahead. Tell her how we start everything so off. So we'd love to start every podcast with five rapid fire questions oh. to kind of just break down the wall, open it up. I feel like I need a hair tie. Yes, I know. Everyone <laughs> my starts hair to up, like I get this. sweaty. Everyone starts their posture, goes. Woo. I know. Okay, dialing in, tuning in. Tuning in. Question one, what is your favorite book? Ooh, ooh, okay, 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 okay. I'm going with this one. I scanned literally in that five seconds, I scanned like 20 different books and I always love to to promote this author, Pema Chodron, just because I love her overall, her teachings. However, you love her too, okay. Bevan's loving it. Pema Chodron, fans in the hizzy. But my, the book that I will go to is one that I recently read by these uh, two Japanese psychiatrists and it's called The Courage to Be Disliked. Liked. Well, that is incredibly yeah. powerful. Boom. Title. title. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we talk about that a lot. Yeah. About not giving a shit about what others think the, about The us. zero fucks. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm distracted. Yeah. I'm writing down this <laughs> yeah. title. Bevan's Excuse writing. Me. My question to you is, do you have a favorite tattoo? Oh, well, like on my body? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, yes. I, I didn't know in general, yeah, like other people I've seen, because Lenny Kravitz has a lot of really lovely ones, yes. and like wh whoever Lisa Bonet's husband oh. is, he is fine. Oh, yeah. That guy He's got is some good super tattoos. attractive. Yeah. Super attractive, yeah. man. Um, but on myself, you know what? Okay, so I have five, and I have not gotten a new tattoo in many, many years. Um, but I have to say my favorite one is actually the one that is like, uh, was done incorrectly. Really? Yes, oh I have course it one is. of those You're stories. You're so elevated. Um, <laughs> so I have one on my lower back, and I got it. I got it back in college, so many moons yes. ago. When you said lower back, I had a feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I have one on my arm, one inside left ankle, one outside right ankle, one on my left shoulder blade, and then the one on my lower back. It's a star, and in the star, this was back when uh, Chinese characters were all the rage. Yeah. Yes. So we're all familiar with that. We phase. are all yes. familiar. And so in the star, I got the character that is supposed to mean strength. Now, long story short, I, I had a friend, a very close friend, who was like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to get that too on the back of my neck. And when we saw each other, we did not have the same symbols. Oh, no. And wow. I knew that mine was the wrong one. I just intuitively knew. It took me so many years. But this, back when I was a personal trainer, I had a Chinese client. I was like, okay, Allison, it's time. You got you to gotta just get to the heart of the matter. So I said to her, if I'm going to turn around. I'm going to show you this tattoo. And will you tell me what it really means? <laughs> oh God! And when I turned back around, she had her face covered, and her eyes. She was this very mild-mannered older woman, and I was like, "Just sock it to Just me." Tell me. And she said, "It means 
little animal. Now, Whoa. great. Yes. Yeah, I'll take that. Out of all the right. things it that could have been. Much worse. Little animal. And the other strange thing is all my tattoos were long before my conscious connection to shamanism. And they're all like spirit animals. I work with animal yeah. totems and animal medicine every day. That's why when you said that, I was like, oh. My God, it means little animal, thing. and even my arm. It's like um, this jungly scene that's very tribal. All my tattoos. My first one I got at fifteen was is a road runner, so that's even animal totem medicine. Yeah, it's just fascinating. It all feels really divine. All yes, total together. divine. Yes. Wow. All right, we want to know: Is there a female figure that is inspiring you right now? My emotional answer is my grandma. She is 94. Oh, Lord, I'm getting so emotional. She's just such a such a queen, you know, and like has held things down for so long. And it's um, it's the first time in my life that, you know, my grandfather, who I was super close to, who was her husband, he passed away when I was in college of cancer. Mm hmm. And, you know, we had such a bond. Um, but in terms of like witnessing, a, she's like such a relationship that I've had since the day I was born. And to, to watch, you know, someone get to this age, you know, almost 100 years old and like to just, I don't know, just to be witness to that and to see how our relationship has evolved and like her courage. I mean, it has to be so scary to get old and to witness the changes within yourself mentally, yeah. physically, spiritually, emotionally. And, um, I don't know, I just feel so blessed and inspired, uh, to be able to like, you know, I spent all, I, sp I decided to spend all of August with her. I flew to Indiana and I just like put everything aside and just stayed with her and lived with her for a month. And yeah. Brittany has told me that you have some, you, you're connected on a spiritual level to a lot of different things. You can have some sort of premonitions. What number am I thinking in my head right now? Seven. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? But it was 23. Okay. But here's my question. On that note, for people, obviously me, don't really have a great understanding of what a shaman is. Mm. What does that mean? You know, I think the joke is, is that normally most people think you have some sort of ability to read our minds or anything like that. What to you, how do you define yeah. a shaman? Yeah, it's, um, it's not really psychic. And it's interesting, actually, that you bring this specific aspect of shamanism up because someone just the other day was like asking me a bunch of questions that were very uh, psychic directed. And I'm like, that's not you know, if, if universe equipped our gifts to function in that way, there would be no point in living. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the entire point for us to come down here is self-exploration and self-evolution. So if any of us that have stepped into our spiritual gifts and activated them, if they were working in a way where we could just tell you exactly what was going to happen in your life, like that's just not how the gifts work. Right. Um, so with shamanism, uh, it is a practice, a sacred tradition that goes back to truly the beginning of earth. Like it's, it's an earth based nature based, uh, practice. Now shamanism originally, 
uh, came from Siberia. But the one thing that shamans, no matter where you hail from on the earth, whether it's Africa, Sri Lanka, Native American, wherever, um, we are all uniters of earth and sky. And so we are all medicine people that act as a conduit and an instrument to unite and access into Gaia, Mother Earth, Pachamama, and then access up to source consciousness, Father Sky, which is Pachatata. And so here's Earth and, and here's source. And then here we are, we're, we're walking in between these planes. We're walking in between these realms and we get constant guidance in all forms. So I'm clairvoyant and clairsentient and clairaudient and so I have a lot of gifts that are are very alive and activated and I'm a medicine woman and wherever I go I'm I'm transmitting these energies because that's the deal that I have mm -hmm. it's the deal that I have with myself and the wisdom in me and the deal I have with earth and sky we want to also know and this kind of is going off of our topic but for those that might say to you well you know, Allison, I don't necessarily believe in this. Mm. I don't understand, you know, I'm not on that safe wavelength. We believe in it all. We're there, so we get it. But if someone was to say to you, Allison, I don't I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if I can get this. Yeah, it's and that's fine. I say that's yeah. beautiful. Like I honor exactly where you're at and I honor exactly what you believe and what feels right to you. And it's easy for me to dip into that space because I was once there, you, you know, I have a pre-awakened version of me, a pre-awakened life. And then I have a post awakening life. I know what that disconnect or what that confusion might be when you haven't accessed into this place yourself or right. accessed into the unseen realms. I totally get an honor where each person is at. Um, so yeah, there's, yeah. No My right question wrong. though is when did you access this for you? What was the moment that all of a sudden you realized, oh, mm. I consciously reconnected to my truth. Uh, I had an awakening day. I had a moment that forever changed the course of my life. So before this moment, um, on on a on an unconscious and subconscious level, I was drawn to metaphysics, and I all I read were like palmistry and healing power of colors and feng shui and numerology and all these things. I was just like, I couldn't get enough, couldn't get enough, couldn't get enough. And so like, you know, this way of life was operating in, in some capacities. However, there was a bigger energy system within me that was suppressing my gifts and was resisting stepping into and owning my truth and owning my light and owning my power. So while there was the intrigue and the interest, the bigger thing was shoving it down and like not letting it really activate up inside of me. Mm -hmm. So then you couple those converging energy systems with the fact that I was in a very long soul contract karmic relationship. I my ex-fiance and I met, we were both athletes at the University of Alabama together, went on an almost two decade long journey. And it, during the course of that, his pain body was growing, my pain body was growing, the suffrage, the conflicts, the pain uh, that we were experiencing, it was only growing and intensifying, yet we were stuck in this cycle of insanity of like codependency and all yeah. these other things. <laughs> And we've, we've talked about this with our relationships. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's a you you can really get locked in, and it's just um, 
Yeah, I mean, I was really one of one of those people. I was one of those stories that was stuck in some cycles of some uh, abusive natures and tendencies. And, you know, I just never would have guessed that for myself, but it was definitely you were there. the case. You were in it. Yeah. Like many, many women that are living in it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just so blessed that through this moment, engagement was called off. I moved to New York City on my own. And then many months later, he came back with some pretty big epiphanies. We didn't jump back into things, but I thought, well, maybe it's, maybe it is different this maybe freaking it's time. Meant to be. <laughs> so before we were going to venture back out publicly, he was at my place and I was going to say a few more minutes and we can head out the door and he was asleep so I decided not to wake him up and as I was walking back through my bedroom that's when divine intervention came in I became clairaudient I heard a voice say in my right ear clear as day stop and turn around when I did that my eyes landed directly on his cell phone sitting on my bookcase and I felt energetic presence I could feel this whole thing conjuring around me it walked over with me over to the phone like automatic spirit writing I did not know this man's code on his phone you really didn't know I swear I didn't know now here's the thing I didn't know because like I was not a snooper probably because on an unconscious level I was terrified of what I would see if I did snoop interesting because I'm a snooper so I yeah that's like a destruction thing Uh, but you you I was the opposite okay I was the opposite and so this I've, there was a force that was with me this entire time and the voice said brace yourself because what you're about to see is going to rock your world I just got chills my- and yeah it was intense and then Holy. popped in four numbers phone popped open and now this phone represented uh you know the cave that I was most terrified to enter into because it was holding my greatest fears this lifetime and those greatest fears were betrayal and so within this dark shadowy terrifying cave held the treasure that I was most seeking. It held within it me finally waking up. And when I went into the phone and I was just blasted with all this graphic proof and evidence of what had been going on the whole time, because I was facing my greatest terrors, it blasted and obliterated open my egoic shell. The veil that had been covering my third eye got yanked up like a, like a, a curtain. Sure. And... I just, there was a whole cataclysmic blast that was so strong, it energetically woke him up. And so he... He saw and he, he knew. Yeah. Wow. So wrapping it up, yeah. like, gifts got activated, the clear audience, clairvoyance, veil lifted, I asked, obviously asked him to leave, obviously leaving out some other details for time purposes, and then flew to Indiana to stay at Grandma Bernice's house and try to get my life, life. back together. Right. It, it culminated to us... Before this happened, were you meditating? Were you mm. spiritual by nature? You know, you said you always had a connection with animals. Yes, there were there were layers of it happening, but I wasn't letting the layers go where they really wanted to, which is why it culminated to universe having to step in and force me into this awakening. So I started my own yoga practice when I was in college. And in fact, the the year that I had the most success running in college was the year that I was doing yoga every day in my college apartment. Um, and so, yeah, I was, and I was studying things, but it wasn't, it wasn't the dominant piece. The dominant piece was the pain body and the denial and the pain and the codependency and the childhood wounding that I wasn't, uh, that I was too scared to look at and address. So all of those lower realm unawakened aspects were the dominant pieces over the yoga 
meditation stuff. For people that don't understand pain body, Mm. can you explain the ways that that would surface? That looking back now, you could see your very surface level. (sighs) Oh, I was was pushing all that down. It came out in this way because it had to come out somehow, right? Or how were you stifling? Yeah, yeah. So... Pain, pain body are any unaddressed traumas or wounds living inside of us that, you know, and they can be for very understandable reasons why we're scared to look at them. Um, but it, it, it's like a cousin of our shadow aspects. And so when we are too frightened to really look into those and really like smell them and feel them and acknowledge them and give them the breath and space that they so need, they just need to be acknowledged. And once they're brought to the front and acknowledged, then that's when the the transcending and transmuting and dissolving and healing happens. But when, as you're, when you're too scared to do that, your body, we're so intelligent, there's such intelligent creatures in so many ways. So my body was trying to get my attention through, I had severe panic attacks, anxiety disorder, eczema, like, and then of course the chemistry and engaging with my ex-fiance, like it was really getting scary, you know, and it was, it was, it was shocking some of the behaviors on both of our parts, you know, and I was just to the point where it's like, what is happening? Who, who are we? What's going on here? And so in so many different ways, my being was screaming at me trying to get my attention, but I was not heeding the call, hence divine intervention. Switching gears Mm -hmm. now that you are established and you've been growing with different people, you have private clients, you have different businesses, but you have chosen, you know, and this has chosen you as well, Mm. this path that, you know, can seem really mindful. It's a career path that also has to combine with the hustle, which we were talking about before to create a profitable career for yourself, Mm. i.e. Instagram, followers, the grind. And so, but we believe that those two things definitely can coexist but we wanted to get your take on the balance of it all because how you are combining this and you you kind of brought it up before and where you're at right now mentally to say I'm okay with showing my life to people but then also having to deal with my inner spiritualities my inner thoughts Uh, it's evoking so much in me yeah there's two big pillars that are accessing out that I would love to touch on. I mean, one, yes, it's a constant navigation for me. I mean, I'm literally, I'm on the evolutionary path. Like there's no separation anymore. Like it's who I am. It's what I do. I'm, I'm on the evolutionary tip at all times. And there's no difference in between like my life. And like when people ask me, what ceremonies do you do? And like, it's just all All one thing. And so, yes, as I'm constantly having all these like massive epiphanies and awakenings. And it's like, yes, I then have to then feel into what can be of service to my audience. And in my mission, being here as a modern mystic, Mm -hmm. merging the worlds of consciousness through media, it is part of my soul contract and part of my calling to share what's going on in sacred space with me. But then there are some ceremonies and realizations and healing moments where I'm just like, no, I'm supposed to hold this within the womb and cocoon Mm -hmm. that is me or that is between me and that, you know, healer from 
Ecuador. So this just navigating all of those pieces. And then it's like, yeah, the healer and the entrepreneur. I have my own business and brand. And it's like, like, yeah, putting it together. We're like, does it, it, we believe it coexists because it has to coexist and you have to have a life and you can't just sit here and just have your I live in New York City. Exactly. Exactly. We know that you and I have talked about this too before. It's costly to live and to also have this life that you have to demonstrate your beliefs and put it out there. But then do you ever struggle with, you know, putting that out there, going with your gut? Yeah. How do you make these choices? Like, do you listen to all the calls? I do. I do. And the thing that I I always say, you know, whatever, like I might get some people that, um, are judgmental of my work or criticize and I'm just like, you know, who I report to is source. <laughs> like who I take my, all of my instructions from is God, consciousness, divine and source and mother earth. And that is truly how I have stepped forward on my path and lived my entire life since that awakening moment. A couple of days after the awakening moment, I had my surrender moment. And from me surrendering and saying, I don't know what the hell I'm doing show me the way, show me the way. And, and from there, I heed every single message and piece of guidance that I'm told from them. And so that, even if I, uh, you know, this past year, I took 13 months off from doing a live event. And that might sound silly to some, but for those who understand how like being a public figure, and especially living in New York and LA, how your brand functions and how you connect with your audience, live events and partnerships with brands is a big piece and so for me that was a the number one pillar for how I was functioning for three years to take the last 13 months off from that was effing terrifying but but like (laughs) I just I knew there was that bigger communication and bigger soul communication when there's just like Allison you have to keep walking forward no matter how scary it is and so I heed and honor that piece above all else above the common uh, business sense or marketing instructions that you would read or the uh, whatever your what your publicist might tell you who I report to and how I walk my path is from source. So for those of us who aren't as connected to the source as you are yet, hopefully we're on a path, right? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we're on a we're path. We're all on the path. We're, we're, all we, we're praying. Yeah. Do you have a piece of advice to help us connect in a way to help us make decisions, to be guided, to be led? Because I'm constantly conflicted. Mm. I'm constantly conflicted in between like, well, this, this project here is going to make me money. This one feeds my soul. Mm. Where do I go? What do I do? Or just people that just don't even know how to even begin to listen. Mm. Is there a place to start? Is there a piece of advice you would give? Yeah, such a beautiful question. So to begin to connect within, and I call this uniting with your soul. And the more that we unite with our soul, that's when our sacred purpose and the ancient wisdom and sacred essences that live within us that are our are, are purity, that are our truth, the more we connect with our soul, the more we're, we're in connection with all of that. Everything that's stored within our chakras, our energy grid, our light meridians, everything pings on more and activates more. So a beautiful starting place is really sitting down with yourself and silence and feeling into 
if you're really at a place of true readiness to start to really listen, to start to really listen to your higher self. And if you're also in a place of readiness to begin to connect with the unseen realms and in the unseen realms are all these energies and helpers that are there, but they are not going to force their help on you unless it culminates to a divine intervention moment. So it's really taking a sacred moment and saying, am I ready to really, truly heed and listen what my highest self-wisdom is telling me? And I'm, am I really ready to heed and listen to what the unseen realms are trying to tell me. And if you in that sacred pause get a deep place of yes, now it may trigger up and activate up as you're asking yourself these questions and feeling in, you might feel some waves of just like, oh, or like wanting to barf or because anytime. I feel that way right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's powerful. This is what I write, I'm writing my book about and yeah. this is what I do a lot of my teachings on. When like you and <laughs> when you enter in, it seems like such a simple question, but like this can be the pivot point of your entire life is giving yourself this permission and giving yourself this yes. And then in, when you communicate that then, you know, you say to whoever you talk to, whether it's God, archangels, the fairies, the elves, whoever you do your thing with, yeah. you say to them, all of them, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you say to them and in my belief, it's also is just as equally important to say the same communication to Mother Earth because this is the planet that we inhabit. Um, we would have nothing if it weren't for her nurturing and her medicine. So you then surrender and communicate to these two places and in whatever way is flowing out organically, but it's like, show me the way. Show me the Ask. way. Now, the next piece is, and this is the other key piece, this is where we, it's our job and it's our duty and responsibility they're going to start showing you the effing way and it's going to come in in ways that test ask. you and trigger yeah. you and might challenge the shit out of you. This is living in a, in a pathless land. Truth mm -hmm. is a pathless land. Mm -hmm. And so when you're on the pathless land, you are riding on faith and trust at all times. You're stepping forward on a sniff. Mm -hmm. You're stepping forward on a whisper and that's what this path is. And so you have to heed the calls that will 1 million percent be coming in. Mm -hmm. But that's the next second vital piece is heeding the call. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. And that's what the whole thing is. Yeah. It's just that. So many people are so scared to look at what honoring that and accessing that is going to shift. Bing! Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm terrifying very very terrifying if you give into that you're in and god knows what's gonna be yeah. shook up and sifted out right and that's where you have to trust that your highest self and your highest effing wisdom and form your most ancient highest evolved self constructed within you and gridded within you to move forward from that place it has your back right always, always. yeah Always. Sifting is hard, but it has your back. And even for the people that don't have the grandma Bernices, grandmother Bernices, and 
the family in the background too. You know what I mean? With the support. There. Yeah. Because it's hard to go and make those steps oh. without the support. Oh my gosh. Like it takes sisterhood and yep. brotherhood and community when you let yourself be in your full authentic glory and you let your, our divine power and potency is huge. It's beyond measure. Our truth, our light, and our divine power is beyond measure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why it's scary and that's why it's terrifying. And when you let that grow and when you let that ping on more and when you let that activate more and when you let that expand more, it can trigger a lot of people because ever at the core of us, we all want to be tapping into our divinity and power and truth. And so when someone that is doing that work so courageously and vulnerably and lets their multidimensionality and lets all the multifaceted creativity, the artist in them, the healer in them, the goddess in them, the queen, I've let myself understand who I am. And I let so many of these pieces within me access out. And then when you meet someone um, who wants so badly and unconsciously is craving that, and then witnesses someone else holding that space and anchoring in that, it, it then that medicine can then hit another person in, in a lot of ways. So there's a, so right. many pieces that come along with all of this. It can give people permission to do the same or it can shut them down because how, how are you so lucky? You're like, I did the work. It can trigger <laughs> anger, yeah. fear, and then it can, uh, and it's understandable. It can then be confusing within them. I'm feeling so many things towards this woman and I think I just hate her, but it's really just all this stuff that's getting drudged up and activated up within mm -hmm. them. And again, you hit the nail on the head. There are those that feel that and lean in mm -hmm. and inquire and say yes. And then there are those that, again, there's no right or wrong. I'm not judging, but then there are the others that get triggered and turn and run. I've had people run from me. Like wow. literally, literally run, run, run like away, out like out the door, <laughs> like to a cab on the corner of the street and jumping in the cab. Wow. Like couldn't like, Hey, yeah, I've never seen anyone hail a New York city cab faster. Wow. So we're going to switch it yeah. back again. You're doing, um, soul reboot, mm. which is, um, a show. Yeah. Where does that live? It lives online. So it's this really cool online network called focus TV. Uh, the studio where I film it is in Los Angeles and yeah, so I have it on my website and I just interview all sorts of just conscious change makers, people that are doing all the things that we're talking about that have pivoted, had crazy awakening moments, you know, severe addicts who, you know, have now been sober for, you know, 20 years and whatever, whatever, authors, you name it. And they're coming on talking about those defining moments in life and just sharing things that they've never shared before and just like helping us all on so the Cool. on the path yeah. I, we've watched a few now and it's it's I love it I oh, absolutely love it and I like that you're bringing what's your focus on it to light and to mm. everybody else I mean you've been talking about doing something like this for a few years now yeah it feels powerful to be like really again we were talking before we went live here about just how good it feels to be in full creative expression like for what feels right to you mm -hmm. and so yeah for me to have to be able to come up with the show name myself and to wear what I want and to produce it the way I want and to invite whoever I want on and talk about whatever I want it's like what I want yeah, what I want it's I my choice <laughs> how with all of this that you're doing we're work hard play hard type of people yes. as well you know we're very focused 
but how do you shut off your mind sometimes? I know that's mm-hmm. hard to even say, but what do you do for you? What do you do to really decompress, to give back to yourself? Yeah, I mean, I've gotten a lot better at this, especially when my first were first activating and like all, and I was stepping into my work and and I was holding space for thousands of people. You know, I was guiding meditation in Bryant Park for like 10,000 people or like, you know, guiding shamanic journeys for really, really large groups. And, you know, that one event uh, partnership that I had was every month at the Williamville Hotel yep. on the full moon. And so like I was holding space, holding space, holding space. And then I, yeah, I mean, sometimes it took through like learning the hard way of I it's absolutely vital that you keep your cup so filled and so that's the beauty of the last 13 months and that was a lot of that big piece for me is finally for the first time holding space for myself mm-hmm. and so I just truly took a 13 month sacred pause and like went within and oh my god I immerse in so many sacred practices and I'm constantly seeing seeing other healers I just went to Bali and a, a lot of that was just personal and enrichment, like working with Balinese priests and, uh, and, and immersing in ceremonies and the local villages. That's the kind of stuff that fills my cup. Like I'm, yeah, constantly healing and, and evolving. And, and, and that truly does feel like taking a bath for me. I mean, yeah, like I'll pop into like a healing salt cave or yeah, yeah, I work with, um, oh my God, speaking of, don't let me forget, I made you guys tiny little baby um, plant potions. Little, so I work with plant essences in essential oil form. Yes. And so that is another thing. Honestly, it's really powerful. They're the purest ones. They're only certified therapeutic grade oils on the planet. These things are like so potent and every single plant has a spirit and a soul in it. And it helps you remember who you are and reconnect to yourself. So in all sorts of ways, like I sit at my altar every single morning and I have all my tools. So I might pick up the drum. I might sing and channel a sacred song. I've got tuning fork to open my heart. Like if you come to my altar, yes. you'll see what I do. I to see this. But I've I've found efficient ways to like get me recentered, recharged, plugged in, and then I can like go back out into the world. But after doing so much, after stepping out of the spiritual closet, that's why it took I had to take that 13 wow, months then to hold fully depleted yeah. yourself. Yeah, I was burnt to a crispy crisp. It's exhausted me right here. But I, now you must have so much after these 13 months to walk back in and give. I am like I'm feeling something really fascinating that's conjuring for me and I have some ideas as to where it's going and what's taking shape. I did an incredible my first event back out was at the Barney's New York penthouse with this incredible organic uh, luxury makeup line called Kier Weiss and like it was just so beautiful and what was so cool was to see my evolution after taking that big of a break and then to get back into that role again I was like oh my god I'm such a different person so I feel so reinvigorated and I know that it was preparing me for all the things that are starting to pop off right now that 13 months was filling me up so that sure. yeah, I'm ready for all that's happening. Yeah. You pretty much just answered our last, uh, last question. question. Oh, yeah. Which is, that's where, where you're going and we're so excited. Wait, to one continue. more. Yeah, go. So once again, practical tools mm, for people yes. that may not have access to salt baths or 
you know, to or even travel the money to right necessarily now. necessarily consult or mm. you know get there. But Other than silence, to, yeah. sitting still, asking the questions, asking mm. to be guided. What else could you give us on our way out? Yeah, I'll give you some on the way out, and 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 I will just say that yeah, it is such a sacred privilege to be able to live a life where I can devote so much of my time to evolution. There are so many people and places on the planet where. But let's not discredit the fact that you. Took the, time, took the time, did the work, let your life sift, and allowed this space in. Mm. It is a privilege, but, but you, you do it. But you've done it. I've gone so deep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so the first piece that came in, I'm sure if I sat and thought about this, I would have 10 different answers. But the first piece, it's it's really important now, community. You know, with all of the cataclysmic energies and the shadow reveal that's happening on the planet and all the things that are going on. You know, we're energetic beings living on an energetic planet and trying to anchor in a new earth. And so it's more important than ever um, to really be there for one another. And so something that doesn't cost anything that we can all do is like, well, you guys are doing like this is Be My Neighbor podcast. And look, you guys, they're legit neighbors. (laughs) Like for real, she lives across the hall. And you guys have united in sisterhood. This is sacred, divine, like high priestess sisterhood. And you guys are sharing such like incredible, powerful messages to people. And so maybe it's like if you're in a small town thinking of who are the people that I know in this area that are elevators, that are vibration lifters, um, that if I called upon and it doesn't have to just be sisterhood, but maybe you gather four or five people and you meet up in, in someone's home and maybe it's just talking about how to be kinder and maybe you you know make tea and everything about it is intentionally high vibration you know thinking about the people places products the things that you ingest is it low vibration is it taking me down is it stopping me from stepping in me into my power or is it high vibration is it ascending me and is is it allowing my light and gifts and power to expand and grow and so maybe that evening you gather high vibration people and you you make some sacred cacao or some sort of tea and the conversation is elevated. It is not freaking gossip time. It's talking about like, how can, how can I support you? Mm. What do you need in your life? And so that was just the piece that came in is like sacred sisterhood and brotherhood and coming together in community. Because every time we do that, the energetic potency, it's majorly amplified. And they've done scientific studies on this. This is not just woo woo talk. They have studied and seen that when large groups and small groups get together to meditate and hold each other in sacred space, the crime rates go down and there are massive energetic shifts that happen in other ways. So get together with high vibe people. Absolutely love it. You're incredible. Best advice. That's how we were brought together. I totally believe in it. Our lives have been intertwined. And now as we go forward, I've told Bevan she had to come together with you as well because yeah. good I luck getting rid of me. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> good luck getting rid of her. Exactly. I told her. I told her, but now she can see it face to face. We love you, Allie. And we're so happy. Thank you're you so us. much. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you. It was my honor to be on. And thank you both for doing what you're doing and being such bright lights. And I know you both are going to keep rising and shining more more and more and more and I'm excited to walk the path with both of you. Thank you. I'm crying again. <laughs>